When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Hope your Thanksgiving went well. This is theawesomeone.com, college football show, DFS, betting, whatever it is, we have you covered. Myself, Ben Raza, here with the man himself, Matt Kajewski. How was your tea day? It was great. I cooked some ground turkey. It was fantastic, which is usually what I eat every single day. So nothing different for me. I'm just hanging out by myself in Milwaukee. So, you know, different Thanksgiving, but still fun. Watch some football, a little bit at least. Okay. That sounds okay. Not bad. Uh, Thanksgiving during COVID, man. Yeah, times are tough. I kept it pretty – I always keep it pretty small, so nothing really changed for me. I had – some good food, um, watch some college. I was more focused on college basketball than anything else, but you know what? It's a good time of the year. We got basketball, football, NFL, all sorts of things. The only downer of course, for many reasons is the COVID situation. We had a 13 game slate, Matt. We are down to 10, I believe. Is that right? 10. I think you are correct. After losing the Ohio state game, I'm pretty sure it's 10. It's 10. All right. Well, let's get into it. I see chat. We got people trickling in. They may be in different locations, but you're here. You're ready to go. I've got some egregious bets. He's got some <laughs> egregious DFS takes. We've got you covered. Let's get into it right off the top. And Chad already asked, any love for Kentucky? Well, you're going to find out. They are 24 and a half point underdogs going into Florida, 16 and a half total. This team, listen, when they started the season, I was on them heavily, and it was because I thought that their defense was legitimately top end in the country. I don't know what's worse, giving up 63 to Bama or 35 to Vanderbilt. Uh, I, that's just bad all around. What is going on with Kentucky's defense? What is going on with them in this spot? Yeah, it's definitely a worse defense than I thought. They enter this game as nearly four point, or excuse me, four touchdown underdogs. The total's not great. It's hovering right around 60, just north of that. I, thinking about their offense, Terry Wilson is basically like a glorified running back playing quarterback. So they're not really giving you much in the past game. Their running back situation has been a rotation throughout the entire year on defense. They haven't performed up to expectations. So it's been an overall disappointing season for Kentucky. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, uh, they claim, you know, when, when they had Lynn Bowden back there, I, I thought it was like a personnel issue. Apparently that's just like how they want to play because they have no semblance of a tag. It, it's hard. Even when they're trailing, I mean, can you like, 
Like, what do you make? Josh Ali's 4,300. Is the volume just not there? Or even in a game like this where they're fourth touchdown underdog, do you think someone like that can be playable? I don't think on this slate that he's playable. There's other players in this price range, which we'll get to. But Josh Ali specifically isolating him. He's kind of a trap player with a 34% target share. And last week you see 10 targets if you just look at the box score. But he's not being used like an actual wide receiver. A lot of those targets are coming on the, you know, the jet sweep play where instead of just handing the ball off, they essentially shovel it to the wide receiver and it counts as a reception. He's a lot of those, a lot of bubble screen type plays. So he's not being used downfield. He doesn't even average 50 yards receiving per game. So when you see a 34% target share, it comes from a low volume passing attack. And then all those targets being around the line of scrimmage, it doesn't really give him any upside. And I think as far as cash plays too, there's just better options in this range. So really nothing for Kentucky for you? The only thing I'll say, and I've been thinking about this a lot, is the running back situation. Chris Rodriguez is out. So we have Asim Rose and Cavassier Smoke at 3.9 and 3.1K. Cavassier Smoke is going to see 10 to 15 touches today. But the question is, like, do I even want 10 to 15 touches from a, a player on an 18-point implied team total with you know almost no touchdown equity? I think he's purely a cash game play if you need to completely punt something off and get someone at 3.1K, but I still don't love Cavassier smoke. It's just interesting to see, you know, like this thought exercise. Will I play a timeshare Kentucky back even though they're not going to score many points? So I I don't know. I think he's tough. I mean, salary wise, like you mentioned, he's one of the few guys he could see pretty decent volume for 3,100. I I don't have a lot of faith in Kentucky. I'm not going to bet them. I'm not going to bet Florida either. I just don't love the game as a whole I just they they had an identity and they've lost it if they're going to give up a a bunch of points it's just not going to work out on the other side because certainly we need to delve into this first question I want to ask you it's unrelated to the slate Kyle Trask how big of a front runner is he right now for the Heisman now that Fields got another game canceled I really wonder how this is going to affect the Heisman race because like Mac Jones has been amazing too Mac Jones I think is actually more efficient he's just not throwing the ball as much as Trask Like this Florida team is throwing the ball incessantly, 53% pass rate. That's come down a little bit in recent weeks. But Mac Jones is averaging just slightly less passing yardage per game and on significantly fewer attempts. So honestly, if we were just playing like who's played the best, I think it's Mac Jones. Kyle Trask has played more raw games. I have no idea how this is going to factor into the Heisman race. I think it's probably Trask, Mac Jones, and I don't know maybe a few other guys we could mention in this spot. But as far as Trask goes, he's been amazing. He has. My field's tickets are on life support. I needed I needed these games. Not going to get them. Trask is $9,900. Uh, he comes in. They're a massive favorite. He gets pits back. Uh, so that's the first question I want to ask you. He sat a couple games after that brutal hit in, in the Georgia game. Are, his other, are the other weapons now overpriced due to them you know, they've played without him for several games, guys like Tony Gimes, guys like Grimes. How do you construct if you want to use Trask in terms of his pass catchers? I'm probably stacking with Pitts. He's flat out too cheap compared to Tony. Pitts was the target leader prior to the injury. One thing I am concerned with the entire Florida team is they have taken a run first approach in recent weeks. And this is not, not run first, I guess slightly more run heavy than they had been. They have over 30 rushing attempts just as a team. It's split basically between three or four guys, but 
that has taken away pass attempts overall. And you see Tony's been below 10 targets in each of the last two games. Trayvon Grimes has kind of been functioning as that wide receiver too without Pitts. He's below 10 targets in each of the last two games. Kyle Pitts, I think his target volume is secure. I just question how much this Florida team is going to have to pass against a Kentucky team that is nearly four touchdown underdogs. If you're playing one, I think it's Pitts price adjusted. Outside of that, Trayvon Grimes has been splitting time with Justin Shorter and Jacob Copeland. I don't think you're playing any of them. And if you do play one, you just go all the way down to Copeland because his routes and targets aren't much different than Trayvon Grimes, who is nearly 2K more expensive than him. In the backfield, I, I watched Florida from start to finish last week. They literally just rotate series. It's brutal. You've got Pierce, you've got Davis, you've got Wright. Um, then Emory Jones comes in in garbage time. It's just very, very difficult. Any value there in the running back, or is it just too crowded? I think it's too crowded. If you, I mean, there's other dark throws, dark throws I like more than this Florida team. And this is going to be a huge injury slate. I think if you, instead of playing someone like Naquan Wright at 3,400, if you just leave an open roster spot, similar to yesterday when we got all that UCF news, I think taking the roster spot and the PMR is going to be more value than playing a guy like Naquan Wright. And you're not playing like Damian Pierce at 5,600. Yeah, I, I just don't see the value there. So if you want to take a step, yeah, Pitts pending. We got to confirm that he's in, but it looks like he's good to go. Um He's probably my favorite target from the Gators, not betting the game. Obviously, that's where my focus is. Anyway, next game, one down, many to go. Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State had their shot. I wanted them to win. It just did not feel good in Norman. They were handled easily, and now they got to bounce back. They're 11.5-point favorite at home. Uh, Over-under is pretty, pretty decent, if I could find it. It's 56. Yeah, not, not terrible, not great. Let's start, though, with the road team. This team every week, somehow both quarterbacks like secretly get injured and then they both are going to play. I believe Bowman's going to get the first crack at this. They're, I mean, it's just a stay away spot at this point, right? Yeah. In the projections, I literally gave them 50% of the snaps each. Bowman is going to start, but their coach has been very adamant saying Henry Columbia will see time in this game too. I think it's going to highly depend on how Bowman does. I think Bowman's the better signal caller, but you mentioned it. You can't play either signal caller just with the uncertainty and it, they're going to rotate. It's just a stay away spot. So just taking that out to Texas Tech's, you know, pass catchers, skill set players, does the rotation at quarterback hurt them? Oklahoma State does have a good defense. Is there anyone on this team? Because everyone's reasonably priced. I mean, if you look at this team, you've got the quarterbacks at 5,900. There's not another player who's over 5K. So you have your pick if you like someone. But the question is, is anyone emerging as a reasonable target? I don't think so. We had some injuries to the wide receiver court earlier this year. But now with TJ Vasher back, they've basically rotated everyone. And you used to be able to bank on Eric Ezukanma being the wide receiver one. I think he probably still is. But he only had a 65% route share last week. We're going to need more routes, more targets overall if we're going to play any Texas Tech pass catchers on a bad offense overall this year. Vasher, he saw about this, like a very similar route share, had seven targets, but again, he's not on the field every single play. Same with Carter, Price, Jalen Polk. It's everyone in their wide receiver core. And you can expand this out to the runners as well. I know Sir Roderick had a little bit of a bounce back game with the 14 carries last week, but he's still splitting time with Taj Brooks and Xavier White. Also, Chadarius Townsend when he's healthy. So it's a, just a huge rotation. I'll probably be off Texas Tech entirely. On the other side, so we got an interesting situation. Spencer Sanders was hurt in the Oklahoma game. Illingworth is a freshman that we've seen several times. He's got COVID. I don't, so we're, I guess they're moving to Ethan Bullock 
Uh, is that correct? I think Sanders is going to play in this game. Okay. Well, correct me if go. I'm correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, you are the man to monitor these things. He's got the doubtful tag on DraftKings. I don't think that that matters too much. I have not. Don't seen... listen. To it don't ever listen to what DraftKings has. Exactly. Now, not in college football. So Sanders, if Sanders sits. So I'm what looking you, at it right now. I have him projected in. A couple other sources have him projected in for full workload. But okay. I mean, the spread, it kind of indicates I, I'm not, like I said, we saw Bullock against Tulsa and he was just bad. So it looked like Sanders got hurt with a head injury. And then, so I thought he was in concussion protocol. They like took his helmet away. I watched part of this game, the part where Sanders was hurt. And then just weirdly after halftime, he came back out and played in the game again. Yeah. So I think he's, I think he's okay. Well, they could use him because again, their second string does have COVID. So regardless of if he's playing or not, do you have interest if he starts or are you just looking more to possibly, you know, Chuba, Tylen Wallace on the outside or nobody? I think, man, Tylen Wallace has such a good target share. It's hard not to consider him on a weekly basis. 32% of the targets right now, he literally has double digit targets in his last three games played. He's averaging over hundred receiving yards. When Sanders plays, you can almost guarantee like 40% of his throws are going Tylen Wallace's direction, regardless of coverage. So I think Wallace is always in play. I wouldn't look to anybody else in the wide receiver room. Their target shares are just, they're not good enough to really see consistent volume. There's not a single other receiver on the team averaging more than 30 yards per game. If that tells you anything in the running back room, Chuba Hubbard's been banged up and it hasn't been a severe enough injury to really limit him as far as games played but it certainly is limiting his carry volume and he's been out carried by ld brown in each of the last two games we just don't know how healthy chuba is i don't know if he's going to ever return to his full workload he's been very disappointing this year part probably because of injuries to be honest but i mean if you want to take a flyer on ld i think his volume is safe right around 10 carries and then there's upside for more in the case that chuba hubbard is still seeing that limited workload i know it's slightly different price points but would you rather punt all the way down with a guy like smoke or would you rather pay $1,100 more and pump with a guy like Brown? I think I'd rather just leave the roster spot open. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Cause we've only done two games. So obviously there is eight more real quick though. We've had some questions for chat. You can speak to this. You've been working in the lab about projections. Uh, can you talk just briefly about them? What should we expect and whatnot? Or projections? Yeah. Or, are they going to be available for today's that? slate and whatnot? What's that? I said, will they be available for today, Slade? Yeah, they're up already. I, oh. I think so. Okay. Well, chat, there you go. They should be up. If not... Unless I messed up the upload, which is okay. always possible. Someone should check on this. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll... Yeah, chat says not upload. We will check on that. We will get back to you, but Matt's got you covered. He does these things. Uh, certainly, I'm not running those projections for various reasons, because I would have projected Spencer Sanders out. So there we go. Third game, we're going to keep it rolling. We will keep you posted on that. We go to the Big Ten. God, these teams, the Big Ten has just been tough all year. Maryland, Indiana. Indiana, very respectable loss at Ohio State. 11.5 point favorite at home, over under 64. I think this is a good game to target. Field probably does too. Let's start with the Terrapin side. We've got to his brother playing. I don't understand. Northwestern maybe a juggernaut because since then the guy's just been out of control. 7,400, what do you make of a spot like this? Can they keep pace with Indiana? Sorry, I just checked on projection, guys. They are up. I sent the link into the chat. Okay. Beautiful. 
As far as Maryland taking on Indiana, I don't know why the spread is so low here. This is a bet I'm going to take on Indiana. I think it's interesting looking at Maryland. They've had a ton of COVID absences, and I know this is still in their program. And it's not the Big Ten doesn't have the same protocols as other conferences. It doesn't matter when you start testing negative again. There is a 21-day holding period regardless. And there's rumors floating around the internet that Jake Funk is still dealing with this, and he's questionable for the game. They're not going to give you injury information on this, so you just have to wait and see whether Funk is warming up. It's literally going to come down to whether you know he like passes COVID protocol or whether he's in this 21-day Big Ten holding period. There's no hard information on this. It's just a rumor, but of course, it's something to monitor because the backups on Maryland are minimum price. There's Isaiah Jacobs. I believe he's the brother or cousin of Josh Jacobs. 3K flat. Penny Boone will split time with him. They also have Tayon Fleet Davis, who hasn't played due to suspension. I don't believe he's eligible to return yet, but this is why I kind of want to just take a look at some other min price running backs. The Jake Funk situation, there's other injuries on the slate that we'll get to that might open up a min price running back that'll see a lot of work. Yeah, so again, I'm going to keep hammering this point. So say Funk sits, where does the backup Maryland backs, are they now ahead of guys like Smoke and LD Brown? They're definitely ahead of the Kentucky backs for me. Their implied team total is better. The Maryland offense is better overall. Indiana's a pretty good defense, but they have been had a little bit on the ground. They're allowing 150 yards per game. I think it's a situation you can definitely look to in GPPs. And luckily, we should have information on this earlier in the day. Some of the afternoon games you'll have to wait for, which is another reason why I don't hate leaving the roster spot open. Yeah, this is a noon kickoff, so we should know. On the outside, talk to me about Dante Demas, 5,500. Uh, had some big games, a couple touchdowns. Obviously, this Northwestern game, everything looks bad because they only scored three points. What do you make of him? What do you think of that price tag? I think Demas is a fine value. He's the wide receiver one here. I still think there's concerns like Rakeem Jarrett grows into a larger role. He's their five-star, and he is steadily seeing more targets each game, running more routes each game. So it's possible that Rakeem Jarrett overtakes him at some point. But for now, Dante Demas is pretty clearly the wide receiver one. Rakeem Jarrett's the wide receiver too. And we get some pretty clear value here in Brian Cobbs, who's on the field almost every single play. Only has one target in their first game, but five targets in back-to-back games. He's probably not a ceiling player in this offense, but if you're going to lock in about five targets at 3,300, you could do a a lot worse. So, I mean, and and we'll we'll obviously try to tie this together, but it seems like you're suggesting possibly in cash that there's a few spots you can punt and then really load up on a handful of top-end guys. I think so. I've been trying to build some cash lineups and it's, it's really hard to build right now without the information. Yeah. And that's something that is why you should follow us on Twitter. Uh, Matt will keep you informed. A lot of moving parts and people don't take advantage of that when these late scratches break on the other side, listen, they fought uh, losing to Ohio state by a touchdown on the road. That is impressive. Penix was outstanding, a casual 490 yards uh, that'll get it done. Obviously, when you're throwing that much, guys like Fry Fogle, Wab Fowler, all these guys uh, were in the mix. Coming off a game like that, what do we really expect? I mean, do we just go right back to that? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The prices have jumped. Or do we say, you know what, maybe we look to Scott on the ground. Freifogel is a monster, but Wapfire is still seeing a ton of targets too. Only five targets less than Freifogel on the year. Is significantly less receiving yards. Freifogel is being used downfield. But if you're just looking for price-adjusted plays, Wap Filer is, I mean, 2K, almost 2.6K less in price than Freifogel, and it is just slightly less target volume on the season. I think Filer is a fantastic play in cash game environments. He's their slot receiver. Again, he's not used as much downfield, which can also suit you to cash game environments. But if you want to pay up for Freifogel, there's absolutely no reason not to. 15 targets, three targets in back-to-back games. The one thing I will say is Indiana's been in a lot of very competitive games recently, elevating their pass rate to 57.5%. They are near two touchdown favorites over Maryland here. So if this Indiana game script goes according to plan, how does this influence the entire offense? And do we see a Stevie Scott bounce back? I tend to think so. He's extremely underpriced. And that seven carry game we saw from Stevie Scott last week is the product of game script. He has at least 20 carries in each of the three prior contests. I know he's been fairly inefficient, but if we're talking about a team, I have him as a 12 and a half point favorite. It looks like that line has moved a little bit. Stevie Scott's a phenomenal play at 5,100. Yep. They're still North of double digits favorite at home. Good total. And you mentioned he had, he's seen 20 carries in all those games, not the loss. So if you think Indiana gets it done today, that's the buy low spot that I want to target. I do want to circle back quickly though. Chuba, Chuba is out. Um, so LD Brown is going to get the lion's share by a big stretch. Does that just solidify him or do other guys creep into Oklahoma state now? LD Brown should see most of this work. Okay. Did this news just break? Yes. Okay. Yeah, there it is. I see it one minute ago. Yeah. LD Brown is probably like a cash lock at this point. Okay. There we go. Uh, would you take Indiana minus 13 against Maryland? If I had to take a side in this game, I would lay the points with Indiana, but I have not bet the game. And I certainly, I wouldn't lay 13. Uh, I'd lay 11 and a half maybe, which is what I see on my screen. I bet them earlier in the week at 12 and a half, expecting that line to move in their favor, which is uh, not great. So I, I have it. them. Yeah, I have Indiana. Okay, there you go. So, um, all right, last question on this game. Can you play Scott and Freifogel together, or is that too much negative correlation? In college football, I don't think you have to worry as much about negative correlation. When you're going to take it on, look at the total in the game. If you're seeing totals, you know, like 65 points, 70 points, you can take on some negative correlation because so many raw points are going to be scored in the game. It doesn't matter as much in NFL where you're dealing mainly with mid-40s, mid-50-point implied team totals. In Indiana's case, they have a 37 and a half team total. That's right around the area where I would be thinking about, you know, maybe playing someone else. But if that's the best construction you build, I wouldn't be actively trying to, you know, get rid of that negative correlation in this game. Fair enough. Yeah, but it's not like the NFL uh, in that regard. So before we move along, I am just going to say, chat, it's good to see on Thanksgiving weekend. We still got all the regulars, a lot of people in here. I'm going to ask for some likes and hit the subscribe button uh, to the channel. We've talked about that a lot. You hit the notification bell. 
we've got new shows coming out. We may have some college basketball things coming out. We've got NFL. Obviously, PGA is not dead and buried yet. There's a tournament next week, so you'll be seeing me uh, a lot. So keep that in mind. We love to have you guys on each and every show. You make it fun when Chad is active. You know what's not fun? Syracuse, first of all, Syracuse almost lost to Bryant in basketball yesterday, which is disturbing on multiple levels. (laughs) That's another story for another time. They're 17.5-point home dogs here to NC State. The over-under is just 50 and a half, so that just shows where Syracuse's offense is. That'll take a backseat for a second. I want to start with the Wolfpack. Uh, the floor is yours. I mean, you've got you've got Hockman. You've got a big spread here, but it's a low total. Uh, is this a team that you really have targeted today? Definitely not the pass game. Hockman has been dreadful compared to Leary. Hopefully he gets healthy soon. The pass game, I mean, just because Hockman's in there, it really brings down Emmazee, Thomas, Carter I wouldn't target any of them the run game is somewhat interesting because Syracuse has been so bad up front they're allowing 214 rushing yards per game they split the work here between Zonovan Knight and Ricky Person fairly evenly over the course of the year Zonovan Knight has 113 carries to Ricky Person's 109 Knight has been far more efficient so I'm not sure why they're continuing this timeshare but if you want a cheaper play Person at 4,600, I think, is somewhat of a value. I would say now with the the Chuba Hubbard news, there's probably no chance I'm playing Person. It's probably all going to go to L.D. Brown in that range. Yeah, the you mentioned slate-dependent, and L.D. Brown just at that price point takes Blue, all those Wide players. open, man. Ah, boy, this is – what a bad game. On the other – I mean, anything else from <laughs> NC State, or can I just move on? I'm looking, I'm looking to say something on these receivers, but I have nothing to say. There, Emmys is the wide receiver one if you want to play him, but I don't see why you'd be stacking this gamer. You're not playing Hawkman, so you're not stacking Emmys. You're not getting him in a one off because, like, Watt Filier is 200 less than Emmys, and his target volume is absurdly better. Yeah, I, I totally with you. On the other side, though, talk about a lost season, talk about a mess. I, I'm just going to ask you who is even going to be under center for Syracuse? Rex Culpepper? I think it's like a 90% chance it's him. Morgan's hurt. He's a head injury. DeVito's not playing. So Rex Culpepper it is. He's been downright dreadful. You're not playing Culpepper himself. I think if you get anyone in this game, it's a one-off Taj Harris at 4,800 because his target volume is pretty good. Are you concerned? Not that you would play Culpepper, but have you seen the reports? Do you believe the reports that they're going to give the kid from Texas a shot, Dylan Markowitz? They probably will. I mean, they have nothing to lose. Culpepper's been horrible. There's no reason to even put him on the field. You have no no desire to blindly tail that guy, though, right? Not in this instance. Like, Syracuse offensive line has been so bad. They've allowed 37 sacks this year. I Even if that guy ends up being, you know, a semi-competent quarterback, he's going to have to get rid of the ball extremely fast. I don't see there being much upside with the Syracuse team. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't think it's necessary, honestly, like this. If I, if I had to completely punt at quarterback, I would probably go all the way back to – Terry Wilson, and I don't really want to do that either. Um, you mentioned Taj Harris. Is there anything else to look for a team that has this low of an implied total? Behind Taj Harris, I, I would have said Sean Tucker because his volume is pretty good, but now we're just getting so much opening up on this slate. It's, it's similar to the NC State back, so I don't think you need to. Yeah, lost game. 50 and a half is just not a great total, even on 10 games. You can get away with this one. I am not betting this game. I'm going to have some bets. I also have one bet that's not on the slate. Extreme hot take at the end of the show. So 
stay tuned for that in May. Rune, if I have any credibility left, it'll probably go out with this take. So that'll be fun. But before we that, we got Penn State, we got Michigan. This was Pick'em on my screen. I actually bet it. It's moving in my my favor. It's one and a half right now. Michigan at home. Just two teams that have had dreadful starts this season. Over under a 56 and a half. Talk about you boys, you Nittany Lions. Nice effort once again. Um, where do they go from here? Is it just a team that's in complete disarray or is there still pieces we have to take notice of? It's complete disarray. Quarterback rotation. I have it projected 50-50. I, it could swing one way or the an- another, but they've showed no commitment to either signal caller. Devin Ford is hurt, and it seems to be significant enough to maybe limit him today. We'll see if he plays. It's going to be a timeshare either way. It'll be three-man timeshare if Devin Ford is active. If not, it'll be Kazai Holmes and Kayvon Lee splitting the work. At wide receiver, Jahan Dotson is their alpha receiver. They did lose Pat Fryermuth which probably puts Parker Washington into a larger role. But if you're just looking for the one-for-one tight end replacement, Bretton Strange has played more, but he's still about a 50% of the time player. This Penn State team has been downright like dreadful. And on defense, they actually haven't been that bad. So it's interesting to see them start the year with such a bad record. I think this game is a chance to go under the total. And it's not one I'm really particularly trying to target for DFS, especially on the Penn State side. Do you have a feel, we'll get to the Michigan side in a second. Do you have any interest in betting this game? If I am betting this game, it's on the Michigan side. Otherwise, it's not one I have a ton of interest in. That's right. Come on in. The water's nice. You're Um, liking Michigan in this spot? I did. I bet them. uh, And it's more just, listen, it's two bad teams. Not my favorite bet of the day, but it was good enough at pick them at home. I do think they get the job done. Talk to me about this Michigan team. Where are they at? Uh, I don't know not an impressive win, but they did win against Rutgers. Uh, What, what a team, what a squad right now. What's the status of the Wolverines? Well, it looks like they're going to move forward with Cade McNamara at quarterback. We haven't seen a ton of McNamara this year. So this is a situation you and I typically do try to exploit. And I will be playing some Cade McNamara today, not because I think he's, you know, the next Trevor Lawrence or anything, but we just don't know a lot about him when we don't have a lot of knowledge. These players tend to come in under owned, If Cade McNamara is anything resembling one of these premier college quarterbacks, he's never going to be this price again. We talk about this all the time on this show. Unknown is a good thing because if you, if you have a line and you can be early to, to a guy, the price, it'll never be this, as you said. So (laughs) if anyone says to you, I need to see it for a week, unfollow that person and find someone else and then block refollow them and then block them. Um, but I need to see it for a week is the worst advice you could ever give someone. It's true. And now I hope no one goes, checks the tapes. I'm sure I've said that several times, but the truth, that is true. You don't want to do that. The goal is to, you would rather be wrong and buy early than wait, because once you wait, everybody's there in the sample side, it gets skewed for a lot of reasons. So if you want to buy a Michigan, you want to buy a McNamara, now's the time to do it. I'm more doing that on the betting side of things. We're... Uh, LD Brown is a game time decision too. Okay. So who justice Hill ain't walking through that door. Who who's even left <laughs> on this, on this team. If he sits, uh, De- Desmond Jackson should be the next man up. He's the only other running back that has carried significantly. So it's going to come down to Desmond Jackson and Dominic Richardson. I think Jackson probably has a slight edge over Richardson, but I think they'd probably split the work, but, they're near the mid Jackson is 3.3 K Richardson is three K flat. Okay. Well, we'll have to monitor that if, 
LD Brown goes down again. He um, reportedly tried to get ready during the week and he's coming in as a game time decision. I don't know. Yeah, l- listen, this is that will be a huge piece to the slate. So we've got to keep an eye on it. Anything else from Michigan uh, before we move on? I love Ronnie Bell as a player. I think if you're playing anyone in this offense, like if you're stacking Cade McNamara because you want a piece of the uncertainty, Ronnie Bell would be the preferred stacking option for me. Mike Sane Riesel has seen more opportunity in recent weeks. His routes jumped above Cornelius Johnson's for the first time all year. Eight targets last week. He's very, very cheap. So he's another potential stacking option with Cade McNamara. It's ultimately going to come down to if you decide to take any of this uncertainty. There's a lot of good plays on this slate, and there's not going to be very many salary restrictions with some of these injuries. So you're playing him based on a contrarian unknown feel approach. In the running back room, Hassan Haskins carved out like a full workload, 23 carries. The only other person, like no other player had more than six last last time we saw this Michigan team. So it appears Hassan Haskins may have just taken over the backfield. It's a little bit uncertain, but similar to the quarterback situation, if you play Hassan Haskins and he's going to get 23 carries again, I mean, they're home favorite. That's the situation we like. Yeah, and I'm a, I mean, I've always thought that Haskins should be the guy. Uh, in he's the better than Charbonnet. He, he is. Um, so 5,700, there's a lot. I, I do think that Michigan, despite not a good team, like I don't think it's a great game to stack by any stretch. I don't mind a one-off though, um, and I am betting them. Couple questions because we're making good time, which is nice. If LD Brown sat, would you have interest in maybe Spencer Sanders? I have interest in Spencer Sanders either way. I like Spencer Sanders when his price comes down. He's mainly a rusher and he hasn't quite displayed it this year. He's just 91 rushing yards. But you go back to last year, Spencer Sanders, most of his upside comes with his legs. He's not quite like a hand and hooker level rusher. Like he doesn't give you the bonus that often. So I'm typically still not playing Sanders when he's at an elevated price tag, but we get him here at 6.5 K. I don't actually hate him at this price. And I think he's a decent dual threat that you could maybe look to in like some cash game environments. Just make sure he's playing. Um, make sure he's playing. He also did pass for 400 yards in a recent game, which was absolutely mind blowing to me. Yes. His first his first, I remember being on the stream saying Spencer Sanders, he was like 7.8 K or something. I was like, I never play him at this price range. He has no upside as a passer. He's never passed for 300 yards in his career. And then he passed for 400 that game. We'll see. I mean, Oklahoma State, like I said, one of the key teams on this slate. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the next game up is a big one, not in terms that it could be competitive. It's a 24 and a half point spread, but it is the Iron Bowl. Auburn goes into Tuscaloosa, as I just said, 24 and a half point dogs over under 63. This is a game that I think a lot of people are going to have interest in on both sides, both QBs. Start with one of your favorites in Bo Nix. You've got him. You've got Schwartz. You've got Seth Williams, who I think is very interesting. What do you make of a team that's surely going to be passing to play catch up? This Auburn team has been better this year, and I think a lot of it is coming from Nix. Better, I don't mean better from like a record standpoint. I mean like offensive efficiency standpoint. Bo Nix still isn't phenomenal, but he has shown improvements this year, and we have to give him credit for that. I think it does put him into play. We have seen the Alabama defense give up production in certain games. The Ole Miss game stands out in particular. So I don't think they're this juggernaut of a defense. Bo Nix can backdoor his way into productive games because his receiving core is so good. Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz are both underpriced this week. Seth Williams in particular, who's averaging 9.3 targets in his last four games. He has a 31% target share, averaging over 80 receiving yards. We remember the Seth Williams trot game earlier this year. I don't think he'll quite approach that ownership, but Seth Williams is a phenomenal play at 4.5 K. Yeah, he he certainly stood out 
do you look to the backfield or a they going to be phased out and b it wasn't a great spot to begin with tank bigsby's hurt and i don't know if he's going to play in this game he did leave their last game earlier was getting a lot of work from trainers so this is another situation where you have to watch the pregame figure out if bigsby's warming up because sean shivers is 3.2k and he led a timeshare between dj williams and sean shivers now with the ld brown news i'm not sure you need to do this but this is what I was talking about when you want to leave some salary open. Like Sean Shivers at 3.2K was going to be an incredible value. Now there's a lot of value to navigate, so I'm not sure you need him. But Bigsby being hurt and questionable in this game is another big key to the slate. So I want to I wanted to ask you this in general, but I think this is the best game to do it with. Uh, and we had a, qu- a couple questions on this from chat. Do you mind, slash is it something maybe you actually try to do, playing in this example would be Bo Nix and Mac Jones. So double stacking the same game with two QBs so college football you and I should probably like do a stream on strategy I think that would be a popular stream overall this we there's no hard and fast rules in college football and it's because everything is so dependent on the context of this slate like we have 70 point totals we never see those in the NFL in those instances you can take on some negative correlation you can play like a non-correlated non-pass catching running back with the quarterback because maybe they score 70 points in a game or something and you just need all the raw points from that game As far as playing signal callers in the same game, I think you need a competitive game environment with a pass-heavy approach from both sides. In this Alabama game, you have one team with a 43.5 point implied team total and another team with a 19 implied team total. So how many points are we actually expecting Auburn to score? When we talk about stacking a game like this, I would rather see something like Memphis playing UCF where we maybe have like a three-point spread and a 62.5 point total. So that way I know both teams are going to be competitive. Bookmakers are suggesting that Auburn might not exactly be too competitive today, which gets me away from the bone Nick side of this stack. UCF is always in the examples of mega stacks. That team. I mean, they, not, I South Florida, my God, scored 30 plus points yesterday. That's like yeah. more points than they've scored all year. That team. Yeah. They, they racked it up against the Citadel and that's about, I'm not going to even bring UMass into the show, but I will say, UMass got shut out again. UMass only has 12 points on the year. That's I not feel good. so bad for UMass. It's really bad. Uh, can confirm it would be a popular stream. Maybe that is something we will do, Chad. If you guys are interested, maybe we'll do a hybrid CFB-CBB strategy um, show. We'll see. I'll keep you guys posted. On the other side, are we good to move to Bama? I think so. I think if you're... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Playing someone on, on Auburn is probably a receiver, or maybe you wait for some of the value if like Shivers opens up, but I think there's plenty of value today. 
On the other side, obviously, you're not going to get any discounts. These are the premium top tier options, but it's for good reason. We got Najee, 9,600. I mean, I swear to God, this guy, Devonta Smith is unbelievable. It's just 9,200 and I feel it's like a steal. And then, of course, you've got Mac Jones leading at 8,200. What do you do? Do you Can you get them all in there? If you had to pick one, who would it be and why is it Devontae Smith? Uh, what do you think? You're, you're right. It is Devontae Smith. I think Devontae Smith is the superior play to Najee Harris just from a roster construction standpoint. I, I think something to consider is like how you're getting points that other people aren't getting. When you play Najee Harris, I think there is some opportunity cost to him at his price. There's other running backs that can get that volume. Like, would you be surprised if Stevie Scott had a similar day to Najee Harris? Maybe Najee Harris doesn't punch in like the five touchdowns he has been in recent weeks. And Stevie Scott is a productive day. Wouldn't surprise you. How many receivers can rival Devontae Smith on the slate? You can make a case for Elijah Moore. You could maybe throw Tylen Wallace into that bucket. But otherwise, there's not really anyone else that really matches the upside of a Devontae Smith. You remember back to the Rondale Moore days? His target volume was so good. Like, no matter what the price was, you were just trying to jam Rondale Moore. Devontae Smith isn't quite at the target volume, but he's getting close. He has a 41% target share. He's averaging 130 yards per game. Clearly Mac Jones' favorite weapon, the most efficient quarterback in college football. It's really hard to get away from Devontae Smith, and I'm with you entirely that I think he's the guy you want to jam into your lineups over Najee Harris. But ultimately, both of them deserve to be chalked. They're both phenomenal plays. It's just hard to get them both. It's definitely hard to get them both. I think it's pretty clear that it's Smith for me. You just talked about guys like that. And the price difference between someone like Scott and Najee is immense. Um, The other receivers that could top Smith, they're in that same ballpark. He just stands out with, and listen, Alabama reloads, but Waddle going down just solidified that each and every game, this guy is going to have massive target share. Uh, I see nothing why he just doesn't, I mean, extremely, it's not live for the bonus. He should get the bonus. He should find the end zone possibly multiple times in this spot. Is there, because when we talk about Bama, obviously we're talking about top end guys, Mechie, anybody else? Is there any way you can get exposure to Alabama if you want to save money? Yeah, Mechie's fine. I think you can look to Mechie. The target volume isn't as secure, of course, but Mechie is going to have big games just due to his attachment to Mac Jones and this offense overall. The interesting thing that happened when Jalen Waddle went down is this team started using more 12 personnel. So we've seen the uh, a slight emergence from Jaleel Billingsley. He's at least on the field more. And it doesn't really put Jaleel Billingsley himself into play, but it hurts the third wide receiver. Your guys like Slade Bolden is only running around on 50 to 60% of dropbacks a week. It's not the, like before we had Waddle out, they were essentially an 11 personnel team. It was Waddle, Mechie, and Smith every single play. Now they will use two tight ends, which makes the third wide receiver tough to target. I will say Slade Bolden is dealing with an ankle sprain heading into this game. If he sits, I think the next man up is Thou Jones Bell, and he's the stone minimum. He has one target this year, and he's barely playing any of the snaps. But that's just at least a name to monitor. Would you maybe look there? Like, do you have any interest in just going like a mega stack with Mac Jones, several guys, and then maybe running it back with like a Seth Williams? For sure. It has a, this game is a 62 total. I think we could see it go over that. That's definitely live. Yeah, this is one I think both quarterbacks are going to garner interest. In terms of the spread, 24 and a half, I, it feels right. I don't, I'm not going to back Auburn. I don't particularly want to lay that. Though the team total sky high, you mentioned 
but they seemingly get their, I don't know, almost every week, 43 and a half for Bama. Uh, but nothing for me here on the betting side. Did you bet anything? I did not bet anything in this game. I thought about Bama long and hard, but I decided not to. Yeah, it would be Bama or pass. I'm not, I'm not going to back Auburn, but I don't think it's, it's necessary. There's better spots in the betting market. And we'll talk about some of those. There's a couple games not on the slate and I think we'll have some time so I can talk about them. Um, couple here we go we got four left Pittsburgh Trevor Lawrence is back uh not great timing for Pittsburgh they got to go into Death Valley it's going to be bad but you know what Pittsburgh's a decent team and they've shown some ability another 24 point spread though we've seen a lot of these over under a 58 we can start with the road team obviously it's a tough ask for anyone to go in and beat Clemson what do you make of it pick it back in business uh Addison sitting question mark where 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 does Pitt stand I guess a lot of hope for this Pitt team coming into the year I typically like to play guys like Kenny Pickett when they're in these situations they're a huge underdog and Kenny Pickett's going to be more of like a cash gameplay in this environment they're huge underdogs of course but this Pitt team throws the ball incessantly and they play really fast so it, it leads to a lot of volume for Kenny Pickett who does give you something with his legs You have to be a little bit worried about that ankle sprain he's still getting over. So maybe it depresses his running volume a little bit. When you're talking about using a guy like Pickett in your super flex, I think usually you can. I don't like the team total here at 16 and a half. So I don't think I'm going to play much Pickett, but so much pass volume that leads itself to potentially productive days from his pass catchers. None of them are expensive, including Jordan Addison, the wide receiver one when he's healthy. I'm pretty sure his absence was COVID related. Yeah, so we have to check his status. He'd be 4,800 <laughs> in his absence. DJ Turner said, I'll, I'll handle this. Uh, what the, just outrageous 15 buck 84 and a touchdown. Where do you, if Addison is good to go, is it just don't even think about it twice? You just go to him or is there more to break down there? I think you can look to DJ Turner too, regardless. Taysier Mack only ran a route on about 50% of the dropbacks. Shockey, Jacques Louis had the 10 targets, but he's in the same boat, a part-time player for them. It, this was not something I expected. I knew DJ Turner would start playing more in place of Addison because he was out, but I did not expect DJ Turner to just completely usurp Taysier Mack and Shockey, Jacques Louis. He's essentially fun- functioned as a pure backup until this moment but he did run around on over 90% of the dropbacks. Taysier Mack and Shockey Jacques-Louis did not do that with guys like Trey Tipton rotating in, Jared Wayne. I expect DJ Turner to be a full-time player moving forward, even if Addison is healthy, which makes them both pretty good values in that more for, in that mid-4K range. Yeah, and listen, Chad, I, we will monitor Addison right now. I believe there's been no confirmation either way, right? I don't think there has been. I, from what I remember, it was a covid related absence Pitt does not release injury information so you are going to have to wait till this game kicks off you will not receive an update on Addison's status until they warm up wouldn't want it any other way uh all right well, we love, on the man. other side well actually hold on I gotta give my quick plug every week not that you're gonna use them but Vincent Davis is still on the team your boy <laughs> um, are you saying we should play him no no I am not do not go there certainly for a variety of reasons. One would be that Clemson's on the other side. We got a lot to talk about here. Trevor Lawrence comes back. He's $9,000. Where does he fall? Simple question. You've got some big time play. We talked about Trask. We've talked about Mac Jones. Where do you rank Lawrence in terms of the top options? And we'll get to Corral, obviously. 
I think he's fine. He's in play. All of these quarterbacks above 9K, I think, are all fine. They're they're players I want to look more in GPPs than cash. I think if you're playing a cash game quarterback, I would prefer Mac Jones just save the $800 in salary here. But Trevor Lawrence has as much upside as anyone else. 300 yards passing per game so far this year on just 32 attempts. That's extremely efficient. He's not taking any sacks, so he gives you a little bit of a rushing floor. Clear stacking options at a variety of price points. Trevor Lawrence is absolutely fine, even what even what looks like a tough matchup against a strong Pittsburgh defense. So again, similar to Alabama, and obviously because these are the best teams in the country, you're not going to get any discounts on the big time players. Where where do you prioritize? Is it ETN in the backfield? Is it Amari Rogers? Um, you know Pittsburgh is a, is a decent defense, but we know Clemson will have some success. Where, what do you do with these guys? These are the guys who are going to be heavily involved. I think ETN's a strong play today. I've been a little down on ETN, and I think wrongly so. It was mainly me just assuming that his target volume wouldn't stick. He has a 14% target share on the year that's actually second on the team. It has been somewhat volatile. If we just look to his last four games, I'm going to read you the raw targets he's received. Two, three, ten, and nine. I do think it probably falls somewhere in between with Clemson playing some surprisingly competitive games of late, the Boston college game and the Notre Dame game stand out. If this game goes according to plan as a over a three touchdown spread, what is Travis Etienne's volume? Like this is always the main concern with him without pricing restrictions really on this slate, assuming that the LD Brown news is true. I think maybe getting to Najee over Etienne will be the preferred approach for me, but I still think playing Etienne is very strong. He was in my cash game lineup prior to the stream before we got the Chuba Hubbard news. So I'm not sure if I'm going to, to take him out yet, but of course, like Etienne has as much upside as Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I mean, I've seen firsthand on Twitter, your ETN slander. Oh, that is uh, okay. <laughs> if, no you guys, if you guys in the chat don't know what I'm talking about, I like to make jokes about old players. Travis Etienne's a senior and it was a mistake for him coming back to college. I don't care what anybody says. He should not be playing against 18 year olds, but he still is very talented. He's fantastic. Uh, but still a mistake. Still a mistake. I'm with you. I'm with you. On the outside, do you have interest in Amari Rodgers at 75? Powell, uh, Lats has got the, you know, and anyone, it's just too many guys for Lawrence. It might be slightly narrowing here. Rodgers, their clear slot guy. Cornell Powell is a full-time player in this offense. Now he has at least seven targets in three straight games. Their wide receiver three is a little bit up in the air. Joseph Nada is out for the year with a core muscle injury. Frank Ladson hasn't played in two games. And from what I understand, he's not exactly the most likely to play today. That's put EJ Williams into about a 60% route share, and he's the stone minimum. So if you're just looking to play someone on this team that's going to be on the field with Trevor Lawrence, this is essentially the role that Cornell Powell was playing earlier in the year. And in taking a stab on him at that point was very profitable at times. If, you know, EJ Williams being a 60% player with Trevor Lawrence catches a touchdown at the stone min, that's, that's fine. How many more players need to get hurt before Aju Aju gets in the mix? He's starting to play more. Not much, but he's starting to play more. They know. Um, I don't, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't love the pass catchers here. I, I think they're fine. Listen, when you're talking about an offense this high powered, I get how you want to go there, especially if you're playing Lawrence, of course. To me, I would keep it in the backfield. Uh, lean on ETN or try to cheat and hope that Clemson kind of just wins going away and the touchdowns are distributed in a way that nobody really smashes that can always happen you get the backups in uh and you live to fight another day but anything else on this game to me alabama is the superior payup option 
I think so too. But I, I, it's like what you said. I can't fault you for targeting the upside with with a Clemson team either. No, of course not. And spread wise, Jet uh, on the betting side, I'm a broken record. When these spreads are 24 points, it's the same story. I have no desire to lay that against the Pittsburgh team, but I'm not going to bet against Clemson and Trevor Lawrence. It's just not a spot I want to mess around with. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right. Here we go. Oh, God. So Northwestern, who's probably going to get their, their chance against Ohio State, which is well, unless the season just gets canceled, 13 and a half point road favorite against Michigan State. The over under, though, is 41 and a half points. My God. Uh, this shouldn't take long. Peyton Ramsey, um, former Indiana great. What do we do with him? What do we do with a team, even though they're a favorite, that the 41 and a half over under is a major red flag? Huge red flag. For that reason, I think you're probably ignoring the entire game. But to give you some contrarian takes, you know, Peyton Ramsey, without that Indiana offense, which is just better from an ancillary perspective, more plays per game, more passing, it's rendered him essentially unusable at this price. There's other quarterbacks I like that are cheaper than him only averaging 185 yards. He really needs that up-tempo pass-first offense to hit his ceiling. He just doesn't have it with Northwestern. They're rotating running backs between Bowser and Jake Anderson. Their pass catchers, as a product of Peyton Ramsey, not really producing a ton. I don't think you have any interest in really any of these guys. Side note, obviously doesn't – I agree. There's not much to talk about here from a DFS perspective, but I do like to ask you these questions because we get into some betting – do you think that Northwestern is any good or are they just a product of, of beating some average at best teams in the big 10? No, man, they are, they're a very good team. They returned 19 starters, I believe. And they also had their best player opt out Rashawn Slater, their left tackle. He's an NFL guy, but so they had 19 returning starters. They get Peyton Ramsey, a competent quarterback to come in and run the offense. This is a legitimate good team in the big 10 West. Coming into the year, I would have said I thought Minnesota had the edge over them. Now they clearly do not. I think they are the team to beat there. The Wisconsin team is is clearly a fraud, as you guys saw. Yes, we we. I, I'm not a big believer. They also just don't do it in the most pleasing. I, I like games that are really low scoring, but you know most people want teams racking up 60 points a game. God, Ben uh, is the guy that loves the under, of course. Yeah, I'm I'm all about that. Oh, I have Mac interest. We're going to talk about the Mac after we wrap up these games. Um, I'm ready. Oh, I know you're ready. Uh, I do want to say real quick, Jordan Klein, he's on top of the news while we're doing the show. There is a report that just came out. Kentucky will be without 16 or 17 players at Florida, including two starting O-linemen, a tight end, and a running back. That's I not I think good. the running back is Chris Rodriguez, unless it's someone else. I don't know. It doesn't. I That just makes what could have been a Hail Mary Terry Wilson play that much worse, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. On the other side, Michigan State, you've, you've mentioned a couple times on this show, they're in the midst of a coaching change. They, they sped up and whatnot, but again, horrible implied total, tough matchup, anything to talk about with the Spartans? Not much. I usually have interest in Lombardi. They haven't shown as much commitment to him of late with Peyton Thorne making a little cameo appearance. I wish they would just leave him in because Rocky Lombardi looked very good to start the year. They rotate running backs three or four ways given given the game environment. The receivers do see a lot of target volume, but their projection is significantly knocked down by the matchup against Northwestern. It's basically Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor is the top two guys, and Ricky White is a complimentary player. He had the one big game. His routes are significantly behind Naylor and Jaden Reed, 
but ultimately at their prices, I think we can just find better plays in their range. Yeah, it's just, it's a really bad game. And this is a 10 game slate. You don't need to force it. There's a plenty of value. Uh, yes. And we're going to monitor this. L- this LD Brown news. I tell you what, people are. Where are people seeing not expected to play? I don't. I only, I only see game time decision. I've never seen not expected to play. Yeah, as, as far as I know, and clearly it's me, so we know that I don't know what I'm talking about, but I have not seen him or Addison ruled out officially. They may they not aren't. play. I double-checked. But we, we will keep you posted. Obviously, if that news breaks, um, we will see Rakeem Jarrett possibly out. That's something else. Well, they, Maryland has COVID absences. Like, Maryland is going to have players out today. We just don't know who they are. Okay. What a world. 2020. All right. This is a game, though, I want to get to. We're going to go to the Egg Bowl. Um, Mike Leach going to Old Miss. Points are expected. The over/under is sixty-nine and a half. Mississippi at home is a nine and a half point favorite. We've got some type top-priced options, but I want to start more uh, on the Mississippi State side. <laughs> Real Will Rogers. What what do we do with the team here? They're a slight underdog, pretty size. I mean, it's not double digits, but it's not nothing. Points are going to be expected and put up by both of these teams. You've got to like these teams. Where do you start with Mississippi State? You always have to talk about the Mississippi State signal caller because they throw so much. Like they, If you combine their pass attempts into like one signal caller, it's north of 50 attempts per game. It's interesting because this Mississippi defense is horrific. They're allowing nearly 300 yards passing, nearly 250 yards rushing to opponents. We know Mississippi State is going to do one of those things. So Will Rogers projects extremely well in this matchup just based on volume alone. He's a very cheap price at 6K. If you want to stack him, it's a little bit iffy and dicey, but you can certainly do it. There's players at every single price point that are on the field for this Mississippi. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. State offense, but... I think you have to take a long look at Will Rogers today because of the matchup. Yeah. I mean, listen, he's in the best game environment. Um, in terms of if you do go there, uh, do you have preferences and how you'd formulate that stack? Okay. Not really. It's, okay. I, so here's the thing. Malik Heath missed a game. He saw 13 targets, two games ago, led the team, the target leader on the year, who's not a running back because We'll talk about the runners in a second, but Osiris Mitchell is the target leader. He runs the most routes. He's also the most expensive, making him appropriately priced. The second most targeted receiver is Jaden Whaley. I think he's also appropriately priced. And then the status of Malik Heath does come into play here. Outside of Heath, I think you're looking at guys like Javante Payton and Austin Williams. Williams has missed a couple games earlier in the year. Ultimately, they're all going to see the field to varying degrees. I think it just basically comes down to where your, your price point is if you're trying to stack these guys, because there's not a lot separating them. Yeah. And, and listen, this is of course, depending on what you're doing, if you're building multiple teams, I don't think it's crazy to run a different couple different permutations of Mississippi state stacks. It's a good game. Uh, God. Yeah. This Oklahoma state news is just wild. Um, last question on that side. Do you think that Will Rogers is cash viable or is it more just tournament stacks? I think he's cash viable. Okay. 
on the other side, $10,100. The only player north of 10K is Matt Corral, uh, a guy that I made fun of a lot on this show because I thought Plumley should be starting. Obviously, that was not correct. Uh, what do you make of him? He's a favorite in the best game of the day. Can we pay that big of tag or is it still Mac Jones, maybe Trask, maybe Trevor? I think you end up with a better overall line of construction without Corral and just going down to one of those other players. But I also haven't built with the Chuba Hubbard news. So I'm not sure what my lineups would look like with Corral at the top. Ultimately, I think he has the same upside as those other players. So I think I'd probably try to save the salary. I wasn't as interested in the Matt Corral, Elijah Moore stack until we got this news. Now I think it's probably more affordable. The only other receiver who has the same volume on the slate as Devontae Smith is Elijah Moore. He is averaging 150 receiving yards per game, which is absolutely bananas. 13 targets per game in his last four. He is a 39.8% target share. Now the Matt Corral, Elijah Moore stack is in play. It's still slightly more expensive, so I think you'll have to take some other salary plays, but I don't know. Matt Corral is as much upside as anyone else in the slate. He runs a little more than those other signal callers too. If you use... Corral, are you comfortable just using him and more? Or do you think you need an additional rebel to, to maximize possibly that stack? It's like Alabama where, you know, most of the target volume is being funneled just directly to more. So I don't think you necessarily need someone. Jonathan Mingo wasn't available in their last game. That put Dontario Drummond into a full-time role and Braylon Sanders got the start but they do rotate receivers a little bit. They run a little bit of 12 personnel. Kenny Yaboa is the really athletic tight end. He has dropped significantly from the early year production we saw out of him. So I think maybe going to Drummond, if Elijah Moore is out, would be a strong price adjusted play. Sanders could also be worth a look. I know you haven't built yet, and obviously news will start to answer some of these questions for us, but do you think that you can easily get in Moore and Smith in the same lineup? Yes. Uh, Rakeem Jarrett is out today. Does that change anything for you going back to Maryland real quick? I know we're bouncing around a little. Yeah, sorry. The inactives are coming in live on the stream. Yeah. Yeah, Jones would be a better play, I I think. And Demas would be a better play for sure. I it, I don't know I that. Like De- sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, not that, I like Demas, though. I, I like that price point, 5,500. Uh, it's a good game environment. Him and Scott in that game are two guys in the mid-range, I think, are worth considering. I agree with you. I think Demas is a pretty good play, assuming he's not one of the inactives. So going back to the game we were on with Mississippi, any love for Ely in the backfield as direct leverage off that? If you don't go to the pass catchers, do you think they can control the game on the ground? Yeah, they they definitely should be able to. Mississippi State's allowed a ton of production to opposing teams this year. They have started to rotate in a third back in Henry Parrish over the last two weeks. It hasn't really affected Ely too much. He's seeing his carries drop just slightly. It's hurt Snoop Connor more than anyone else. So I think Ely's still fine. I would not, I would no longer look to Snoop Connor as someone you could play as a compliment though. And then the last question I want to ask you, it's something you brought up uh, earlier in the show and we've seen this with North Carolina and whatnot. Do you think there is room to go and it's a lot of salary and that's the question why I want to bring it up with like Corral, Ely, and more, and just try to take all the touchdown equity from Ole Miss? You could definitely do that. I think you should be a little worried about the Alabama game, the Clemson game. There's other teams with very high implied team totals too. It's it's certainly a strategy that could work if this like blows the total out of the water. 
but I, were you surprised to see Mississippi State be like so competitive in the projected game script? So what I was actually, I think that's a perfect segue for what I wanted to say. I was surprised. And I think that if you want to do that, you have to consider using Rodgers and going back the other way. Because the only way I think all three of those top end guys can get there is if if Mississippi State eclipses their team total. Um, okay. I, I don't think you would get there in a beat down. I really don't. When we were talking about the the full game stack, both quarterbacks, what was it, the Alabama game we talked about with Bo Nix? Yeah, with Nix. This is a way better game environment to do that. 68-point team total. Right now I'm looking at, excuse me, that was the overall game total. Mississippi State, 39-point implied team total. Or excuse me, Mississippi, 39 implied team total. Mississippi State, 29 and a half. That's far better than Auburn's 18. So if you want to look to the full game stack corral to Will Rogers with receivers, maybe on both sides, this is the game I would look to do it more so than the Alabama game. Couldn't agree more. Um, You have opportunities. This game could get going. Both teams, it should be way more competitive. I'd be a lot more surprised. Auburn could get blown off the field. And then the double game stack, even though you're going to get the Alabama side right, isn't going to be worth it. This has a lot more permutations interesting play there all right we've got one last game we'll talk about some injuries we'll answer some questions i'm going to throw out a couple bets uh that aren't on the slate because i got to give those hot takes we go to the acc for a game that i don't know i just not not a fan of louisville and boston college it's competitive it's a one-point spread bc at home over under a reasonable 55 and a half we've seen these teams a lot so we know what they they bring to the table whether it's cunningham uh tutu atwell but I want to talk about the backfield now for Louisville. Where does that stand and where do the Cardinals stand on the whole? They're rotating backs. I thought Hassan Hall would see most of the work. He split time with Maurice Buckley and Jalen Mitchell. I think that renders it just to stay away for the time being until we get some clarification here. I This game I thought would be more lopsided in favor of BC. So I actually bet Boston College again early in the week, one of my very early bets. It hasn't really moved. So I don't know. Maybe these teams think Louisville or these people think Louisville is going to be more competitive than I do. I don't know what to make of Louisville. I, I've struggled with them a little all year. Um, you talked about the backfield. Do you do you have interest in in paying for either a guy like Cunningham, who is in the Mac Jones price range, or someone like Tutu Atwell or Fitzpatrick? I prefer Mac Jones to Malik Cunningham. So Tutu Atwell has been hurt. And he missed a game, and then he warmed up last week, but he didn't play a full complement of snaps. He was on a pitch count. I can't guarantee that he's fully healthy here. And Louisville does not give accurate injury reporting. So even if Tutu Atwell is on the sidelines, warming up, full padded, doesn't mean he's going to play a full complement of snaps. I think for that reason, I would get off of Cunningham just personally. If you want to take on more risk, that's fine. You obviously can. Atwell is underpriced if he has a full-time role in the offense. Just don't know that he will be healthy enough to assume that. On the other side, are we good with Louisville? Anything else to say? I think they're pretty condensed. I think so too. I wouldn't say too much else. The running back room is not condensed, but the receiving share, it's basically at well or move on for me. 7K Jerkovic. First question, where, where does he fall in the QB ranks? I liked Jerkovic a decent amount before we had some of the news. I was considering a couple of cash builds. One of them was two cheap quarterbacks with Jerkovic and the Mississippi State signal caller. Now I think I shouldn't have much problem getting up to a more expensive quarterback. So just to give you some idea here, I think Yurkovic is a pretty good play at his price, averaging 35 attempts per game. Hasn't been the most efficient, but it's 
gotten better throughout the year. He had a very nice game against Clemson. So he's currently averaging 261 yards per game. He does have solid rushing ability, 130 yards in the year. A lot of that's been mitigated by 24 sacks he's taken, which has also gotten better. So I, I think Yurkovic does have sneaky rushing upside, maybe like a Brock Purdy or Ian Book type rusher. Because Boston College has thrown the ball so much, I think you can look to stacks. Zay Flowers, Hunter Long are the top two guys. I would look to C.J. Lewis third. But one thing I want to point out with Boston College is they are incredibly sensitive to game script. With the spread being so close, I think approaching this, either thinking Boston College gets down or thinking they get ahead is the way to do it. So if you think they get ahead, I would look to David Bailey or Travis Levy. They've seen just immense, immense volume when Boston College is ahead. If you think Louisville gets up early in this game and Boston College has to throw, David Bailey and Levy are essentially non-factors in the game, and all this volume goes to Yurkovic and his pass catchers. So whatever you think happens in this game could be a nice GVP target overall because Boston College will be concentrated on either the run or the pass depending on how game script goes I do think this is a team worth considering problem I have though it's just they I don't know the way the way that the slate has taken shape it's hard to kind of fit in where they fall there are a lot of mid-range prices and I do like some of those other guys but I may tell you on BC in the game I'm not overly sold on Louisville and, and Louisville like I said Cunningham to me is just too expensive it may just be if I, if I was going to build uh, with them two two Atwell on the outside. Yeah, Any, I agree with you. Anything else uh, for this game? I don't think so. I think we hit everybody. Is there anyone we missed on the slate? No, I think I think that we're good. Uh, all right, We've got a couple minutes, and we're going to take some questions. I do want to say I think we have a new record for viewers, though, which is very exciting, guys. It's awesome to see everyone in here talking a little CFB. I'm going to ask for some likes. We're going to push over a hundred here real quick. And then we're going to get back to the slate and answer your questions. This is as hot a take as I'm going to give. Akron is going to win today. They're going to break the streak. They are two touchdown favorite at home against Miami of Ohio. The Akron zips are going to win today. I like Akron, man. If they win, I am going to make our social media team cut this out and pin it to all our accounts that you should be following. If they lose, I'm never going to mention this again. I think I've um, bet Akron twice already this year. So have I. It has gone, as you would think, when you bet Akron. It's actually in one and one. I'm one and one, too. They covered a huge uh, a huge spread. They didn't they win, absolutely but they did. One. They're going to cover today, 14 points. They're going to be competitive. I'm sprinkling plus 420 on that money line. Um, all right. Here we go. A couple questions. We're going to do rapid fire. First one I see... Do you think Will Rogers is secure that he could get yanked? I think KJ Costello might not even play. Okay, that's what I also assumed. If I know this, this LD Brown news has been across the slate, but I just want to rehash it. If he sits, do you think now that the Oklahoma State running backs are not cash viable, or is it still considering they're the flat men that we could try to pick between those guys? Cash viable is... Depends on which risk you want to take on. I would say probably not. I think it's going to be a split. But, I mean, Desmond Jackson would be the guy I look to. He's only 3,300. You could do a lot worse. But I, ultimately, I think there's some other spots in salary you could exploit, too. So cash viable, I, I'm going to lean probably no, because there's no certainty here whatsoever. They're strong, strong tournament plays, though. Thoughts on Dotson for Penn State? Dotson's fine. There's just other players I like more in his price range. Totally agree. 
Ball State versus Toledo. Toledo laying 10 points. Uh, it would be Toledo. Toledo if I had to. Give me Toledo. Me too. Uh, let's go Rockets. Um, just in terms of how you see, to me, I'll, I'll just sum up, like I said, my thoughts. I think Devontae Smith is the guy. If I could pay up for one guy, it would be him. Um, at quarterback, I think Mac Jones is the safest. There are tournament pivots off him. Pay down at running back and then see where you fall. Mid-range plays, Maryland-Indiana game. Is that all one question? That was just my my me oh. just like throwing out cheat sheet notes. Oh uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with most of that. Sorry, I was looking for a question there. I was like, no, no, I got question questions. I'm actually answering <laughs> Moore versus Smith at wide receiver. That's a coin flip for me. I, I would do Smith if I had to choose. I prefer Smith too. Uh, best running back play under four K. Is that injury dependent? Injury dependent. I'm going to look up my projections right now. The best projected is Travis Levy because he sees, you know, when Boston College is up in games, we've seen him carry like 17 times. They will just hammer the run. I think the injuries you're waiting for, if you're looking for a sub K runner, of course, we need to see the status of LD Brown for Oklahoma State. That'll open up a couple players potentially. There's also the Jake Funk rumors that he might be dealing with COVID as well. That would open up some min price guys on Maryland. Tank Bigsby potentially opens up Sean, Sean Shivers, excuse me, if he is out. So there's a lot of guys in this range. There's also like Cavassier Smoke. I would probably not try to get to him. All right. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, it, it, a lot of, like I said, a lot of the injuries will shade the slate and keep an eye out on Twitter. Kent State versus Buffalo. Any interest in betting that? Buffalo, seven and a half point favorite at home. I have absolutely no interest in the game. I've been betting against Buffalo a lot this year. And it hasn't gone my way. So probably a stay away from me. I do think the Buffalo team is down compared to where they were last year. I believe they only returned two offensive linemen. If you watch the Ball State game against Buffalo, my goodness, there were just wide receivers streaking downfield wide open, drop touchdown after drop touchdown. Pretty rough scene. So I would take I would take the dog there if I had to pick something. Yeah, I have no, like I said, for me, Michigan, Akron, I'm going to go with you with Boston College. Uh, those would be my three. I'm going to have a lot of college basketball. Uh, Florida State and Virginia, I believe that game is canceled. So don't have anything there. Mississippi State running back interest, question mark. They get a lot of pass volume, but I just don't see there being much upside to that. I, you could look to it. I think it'll be semi-contrarian. Like Max Borgie in the same system was very productive last year. It has been changing a little bit. Let me pull this up quick. They've rotated before it was basically just Jaquavius Marks, but now Dylan Johnson has seen a pretty decent amount of work of late. I think he'd probably be my preferred play. Yeah. Listen, they've got some appeal because of full point PPR. I don't love it though. All right. If you had the salary for, for Yurkovich, would you play him or Will Rogers? Will Rogers. Really? Okay. And try to upgrade somewhere else. Uh, the set. Looking at the projections, tell me Will Rogers is a very good play today. All right. It's going to be Egg Bowl. Season. I don't like it in my heart, but I don't make the – like the projections have nothing to do with what I think. So hey, That's why they're projections. That's what we like to provide. Chat, obviously, last thing I'm going to say, and we're going to get out of here. If you haven't come in, no better time. Just join for a week. Uh, try it out. Get a platinum. We've got so many sports, NFL, college basketball, college football. I know Matt's working hard on projections for both of those sports. I'm working hard on the betting side. We've got the whole team. NBA will be starting. Golf is in not full swing, but it's still here. 
So there was plenty there. If you guys have any questions, you find us on Twitter. Handles are below. Hit the like button on your way out. But stay tuned. NFL final thoughts. Get you ready for week 12. Jeff Ulrich, Greg Ehrenberg coming up next. Good luck, everyone. Hope you guys have a successful DFS embedding week. See you guys tomorrow for NFL.